Welcome to the L&D Career Club podcast, where purpose-driven people come to start and grow the L&D career of their dreams. I'm Sarah Canistra, an L&D career, business, and executive coach, and I'm here to take you on a weekly journey to create a seamless, energizing, and engaging L&D career blueprint so you can live a life of fulfillment, inspiration, and freedom. If you're here to find your first L&D role, move up the L&D ladder, or land that high-level L&D role you've been dreaming of, welcome to the club. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the L&D Career Club podcast. I'm so happy you're here. I cannot believe we are in full swing into the holiday season. Uh, I was just thinking it's mid-December, but it's actually past mid-December now. And I feel like I say that every week about how fast time has flown, but it's definitely been a definitely been a reflective couple of weeks for me. It's been such a challenging year in so many ways. My husband lost his job this year and he's finally in a new role that is just uh I could cry. He's like so aligned and so happy and um yeah, I'm not going to cry because I've cried on like every episode re- recently, <laughs> but uh, that was a, a challenge for sure. And business has been harder this year than it ever has and slower than it ever has. Um, but it's so interesting to kind of look at the the other side of things too and just see how many of you I've been able to connect with and all the new things I've gotten to do this year and try. And it's just been a big, a big time of reflection for me as I think about 2024 and setting goals and not just setting business goals, but really thinking about who I want to be in 2024. Uh, My birthday's in January and I'm turning 36. And I said to my friend the other night, I said, 36, I think this is the year I'm going to become an adult. (laughs) Um, So I'm kind of figuring out what that looks like. What is, you know, what is this this time of really becoming an adult? Uh, What does that mean to me? And um, yeah, so I have have a lot of self-exploration to do. And it's not just about setting, you know, specific financial goals for the business or financial goals for life or things I want to accomplish. It's more about me focusing on who I who I want to be in 2024 and beyond. So I, I want to kick off with that and just thinking about as we go into next year, how important that is, right? Who Like not so much what do I want to do or what do I want to accomplish? And I think those things are important to have, but more importantly, like who who do I want to be? Uh, and that's what I'm going to be reflecting on over the next couple of weeks. And I really encourage you to do the same as well. Um, we'll be reflecting on that and some other things inside of the free workshop I'm doing this Thursday. So this Thursday, the 21st, all my days are so messed up this week. Um, but yes, it is the 21st. It's at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be 90 minutes of a workshop, uh, workshop, workout loud, masterclass. It's going to be all the things. And it's really going to be an opportunity for us to all work together on thinking about 2024 and really understanding what does it look like to, well, first of all, who do you want to be in 2024? Uh, so spoiler alert, we'll probably start with that. But you know, beyond there, how do we then set realistic goals to become that person, right? So it's something I, I talk a lot about in one of my courses, Mindset Magic. I talk about this a lot inside of the L&D Career Club, right? That there's a balance between the intention, right? The intentionality of who we want to be and then setting goals to actually match the intention. A lot of times we start inten- uh, goal first and then we apply intentions to our goals, but uh, it's really about focusing on it that other way. So we're going to spend some time doing that and really thinking about who we want to be, um, what does that look like in terms of goals, and then setting some really specific goals around the for our, our careers, what that looks like for us in terms of how it aligns with who we want to be. 
We're then going to look at uh, the strategy side of things. So I, I talk about the ABCDs. I have a whole podcast on that. We're going to deep dive into that and really get clear on all the different areas of career transitioning. Uh, we're going to talk about it in today's podcast, how there's just not one right strategy. There's also a lot of strategies we need to just ugh, get rid of in 2024. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But you know, inside of this this workshop, this masterclass, this workout loud program, whatever we're going to call it, <laughs> uh, we're really going to be focusing on that and, and thinking about the strategy side and the ABCD. And where where do you start? So a big part of our workshop will be getting clear on your goals and then based on your goals and your timeline and your flexibility and what all that looks like for you, thinking of where do I start and then where do I go from there? Um, and then how do we allocate our time? So I think that's a really big part of creating a strategy is you can... Can you plug in? Can you grab a strategy off the shelf? Sure. Uh, but if you actually look at the reality of the time frame that you have, uh, not everyone's able to spend, you know, 9, 10, 15 hours a day on their job transition. And in fact, I always say it should never be your full time job if you have that aligned strategy. So we're really going to look realistically at how much time you have. Some of you might have five minutes a day to dedicate to it. Some of you might have an hour. Maybe you have three hours. Maybe collectively in a week, you have two and a half hours, right? So we're going to get really, uh, really clear on that of, and realistic of like, how much time do I have? And what timeline do I want to make this happen in? And how do we reconcile those two things? So you will leave with a plan, an action plan as we move into 2024. I'm also going to showcase our brand new L&D Career Club. It is so sick, y'all. I'm just like so excited. I've been spending, uh, I had a, my first draft of my book was due last week. And once that was done, I immediately pivoted into, uh, the re-glow up, I'll call it, of the L&D Career Club. So there's just so many new things that are coming. We're focusing really heavily on programming, on support, on community. We have a new platform coming out. We're going to have three different payment tiers too. So if if cost has been a, been a factor for you not being able to join, we're going to offer some different ways that you can still be part of the L&D Career Club and um, have it fit within your budget. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to be showcasing that uh, on the call. And then I'll also be giving, um, for those of you that are there, I will be giving a uh, little discount code. So stay tuned for that. I'll drop the link for that masterclass inside of the show notes here. And then also it's on my LinkedIn profile on the featured section. So if you just want to grab it at your own will, feel free to do that. All right. Let's dive into today's episode. And I did a post on this, um, well, it'll be yesterday <laughs> when you listen to this, uh, but Monday I did a post on um, LinkedIn around the 10 L&D career strategies to say bye to in 2024. And these are some of these are things that have been lingering around for a while. And so, you know, some of them, it's just more time for them to go. But for others, some of them are are more, I think they've just kind of become popular this year. And these are all things that I've seen just out there in terms of strategies that people are using that are not getting them very far and in fact can be setting you back. And so I really want us to look holistically at this list of 10 things to say goodbye to. Uh, what I want to preface it with is it doesn't mean that some of these things aren't valid and I'll talk through that, but there, when you're making it your whole strategy, that's where things can get really, really dicey. And that's what we're going to talk about in the workshop masterclass is like, how do we create this strategy around you and not put all of our eggs in one basket? because that's what's happening with so many people is that they're just picking one 
like hyper focusing on one strategy that might not be the right strategy for them, putting all their eggs in that basket and then wondering why it's not working. And then going and hyper fixating on another strategy and putting all their eggs in that basket. And so you look back and it's like, wow, I've spent you know a year, two years trying to find this new role. Well, it's because you're most likely kind of just focusing in on this one particular siloed, hyper-specific strategy and not actually thinking about the the alignment piece. So let's go through these strategies to say goodbye to. Um, if you know me, you know I've talked about this before. The first one is picking just one job title and sticking with it, right? So I think we are moving away from that advice. I've seen more people talk about it um, over like this year. It's something I've been talking about now for literally years uh and i could never stop talking about it people someone asked me a couple weeks ago like do you ever get tired of telling talking about people finding their niche and i was like no absolutely not because it's the best thing in the whole world um, so why would i get sick of talking about something so amazing no but for real though right so rather than focusing on just one job title so and even I think we can go further here and saying picking just one job title or just one just one like industry, right? So I hear it a lot of like, oh, I want to be an ed tech or oh, I want to be an L and D. And it's like, okay, well, that's those are both fields, and inside those fields are hundreds, if not thousands, of jobs, right? So and then within that, picking just one job title, you can see that you're actually limiting yourself to where your skills, your interests, your values could lie um, if you're just focusing on one job title. So if you are still job searching with just one job title, if you're still set on becoming just one certain job title, I really encourage you, again, let's come come to the workshop on Thursday and let's let's rework that a little bit. But I really encourage you to ask yourself why, like why you're choosing that title for yourself, um, why you're putting yourself in that box. A lot of times it comes back to us thinking that we don't necessarily deserve or know right, the safety of that box as well. So if you're giving yourself a title, if you're saying, oh, I want to be an instructional designer or, oh, I want to be a trainer or I want to be an L&D specialist, I hear L&D specialist all the time, um, ask yourself like what it is about that title and why are you putting yourself in that box and it, do you feel safe in that box, right? Is that box feeling protective of you? Um, and I think that's, again, our 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 brains protecting us and saying, okay, this seems safe for you. This seems doable for you. Um, but that's asking yourself, is this, am I actually, am I, by putting myself in my box, in this box, what am I locking out that could potentially be really fruitful for me too? So that is one thing we're really going to focus on saying goodbye to in 2024. And it takes work, right? It's much, much, much easier said than done. Um, so that's the first one. Second one is focusing only on getting referrals. So kind of like I was saying before, getting referrals is a good thing, right? So I don't want you to stop you know, that being a part of, of the um, of the, the career transition. And if it comes up, then get, and getting a referral is great, right? We love referrals. But what happens is people go ham and hyper focus on only getting referrals and not applying to jobs at all. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later too, but, uh, and just going the referral lane, lane and route. And what happens is when you do that, again, you're missing out on so many opportunities out there that exist that might not be something that's referable. Um, you know, and I think too, when it comes to that, when I see people get hyper focused on referrals, they're going out there and they're almost like cold, like cold messaging people for referrals. And I, I do not subscribe to the cold message of like, "Hi, stranger, give me a referral." Uh, 
and some people, some people do it. Hey, has it worked for some people? I'm sure, right? I mean, everything works for every, like for everyone, everything works for someone. I mean, that's the reality, right? So I mean, sure you can find a case study on all of these things where someone's like, well, that worked for me. It's like, of course it did, but does it work for the collective? Um, and is it actually aligned? And did it work in a way that in the long run will work out for you? Who really knows? Probably not. Um, so I think it's really important to think about like when we are, are, focusing only on getting referrals, there's so many opportunities out there that you are missing. And what I notice in people who only focus and hyper-focus on getting referrals is they actually are just looking to get something from that person. And that is a really shitty feeling on the other side, right? If you know, hey, this person's only talking to me because they want a referral, um, that can feel really bad. And so not only are you again, leaving out possible opportunities for yourself by only focusing on that, but you're not really making community or making connections. Uh, And in fact, you could be turning some people off too. So I think it's just important that, yes, referrals are great. We love referrals, but referrals need to come from a sense of community. Um, And it's a give and a take. And we'll talk about that when we, we look at what we do want to focus on in 2024. But if you're hyper focused on getting referrals, I would really encourage you to ask yourself like, okay, where's that advice coming from? And how am I approaching getting referrals? And is it very much, is it very one-sided? Um, and that's what happens when we focus only on getting referrals. It becomes, we, we do get hyper fixated on it, right? We're like, okay, how many referrals can I get? And that's my focus. Um, and, and we start to lose that humanity and that community piece to it as well, uh, because that's your only focus. So I really encourage you to, yes, if you get referrals, amazing. But having that be your only your only focus, it's it's most likely going to set you up for more failure than you will see success in it. Uh, and I see people all the time too say like, well, the only way to get a job this day is to get a referral. So the only way to get high level jobs is to get referrals. It's so false. It is so false. I have I have VP level clients right now who are getting jobs. Um, do they have they gotten some some referrals? Yes. Have they gotten some from applying? Yes. Have they gotten some from their personal brand? Yes. Right. So it's like, there's not, there's no one specific way. So if if that's what you're hyper fixating on right now and hyper focusing on, I really would encourage you to ask yourself like what, what, what route you're going with that and how can you diversify a little bit more as well. So in that same vein too, another strategy that I see a lot of people follow, what we need to just move away from is only following recruiters on LinkedIn. And so what happens is if you're only following recruiters, it's important to remember recruiters aren't just recruiting for LND roles, right? They're recruiting for like data scientist roles and they're, rec- they're and for manufacturing roles and, and for all the roles in the organization, right? So there's this like common way misconception that if you follow recruiters that you'll see all the open LND roles that they post. And that actually like really is not <laughs> true at all. You're just going to have a bunch of recruiters in your network and you're going to see a bunch of random job postings that have nothing to do with anything that you want to do. Um, so I just think it's a really, really bad strategy. And I think what it does is it clogs up your LinkedIn profile. And I talk about this a lot, like the rule of thirds. And it doesn't allow you to actually grow from your network, to learn from your network, and to see opportunities from other L&D folks, right? Like that's most likely who's going to be posting opportunities, people who have roles open on their team, people who are hiring, right? So like... Again, you don't want to just follow only hiring managers either. There's a a cadence to it. And again, I have a couple episodes on this too, but only following recruiters 
what what I see what I know what happens is right people see that a recruiter posts an L&D role and now they follow that recruiter exclusively uh, we have to imagine that maybe that company only has three or four L&D roles it might be a year or two years again before you are actually seeing another L&D role from that recruiter so it just it just bogs up your your feed and you're just seeing roles that aren't even aligned with what it is you want to do and it's not helping you um, again learn from your network lean on your network leverage your network because you're just seeing that Okay, this one's a big one. I'm taking advice from any and everyone. So you have to remember that just because someone got a role similar to the role that you want to have and they followed a certain path doesn't mean that's the path you have to follow. It's, I talk about this, I've been talking about this a lot lately with the L&D Career Club too of like the idea of mentorship versus advice and how can you start to seek out people and understand their stories and then make those own connections as to how it aligns with your story and your skills and your values and your interests versus going to people and saying, okay, tell me what to do. Uh, because they're going to tell you what they did, right? Like, I mean, unless they're a coach and they're someone who's worked with hundreds of people and can can help you navigate a strategy based on yourself, most likely people are going to tell you to do what they did. That makes sense, right? Like, I totally get that. And I think before being a coach, I would have said the exact same thing. I would have said, well, here's how I did it, right? Here's exactly what I did. Um, but now there, I, I, can't, I don't give that advice because I know that that's my story and that's my background. I know it's based on my skills and my interest and like my lived experience. And so when you're taking advice from any and everyone, what's happening is because everyone has different lived experiences, you're going to get different pieces of advice from everyone. And eventually you're going to have this whole Frankenstein approach that doesn't even feel aligned to you. And I can't tell you how many clients I work with that say, like when they come to me, they're just so, it's almost like their nervous system is just like shaking and they're so overwhelmed because they have just taken all of this advice and like sticky taped it together. Um, and we're and they're like just holding on by a thread with this strategy and it's not a strategy right piecemealing advice from everyone is not a strategy doesn't mean you can't get advice doesn't mean you can't take advice but if you're taking it from everyone and anyone that's out there that's giving it right and you are consuming all of that really what it's doing is it's just setting you setting you up for i don't say failure but selling it for a lot of heartache and a lot of frustration and so really focus on two things one taking advice from people you really, really trust. And so something something I did years ago, I stopped following on social media, although I recently got off Instagram and it's been the best thing I've ever done in my entire life, y'all. Maybe it's another podcast episode or something I'll talk about another day. But uh, I, on social media, I stopped following all, like especially like maybe like a year or two ago, I stopped following all the business coaches and all the, you know, all the people who were get, who are, I was like getting advice from for starting a business, running a business, launching a business, growing a business. Uh, and I just focused on following three to four people who I really admired and who I really trusted. And three of them, I ended up actually hiring in different capacities as coaches. Uh, I do the same now. I mean, on, on LinkedIn, I only follow a handful of people who talk about business. Um, one of them is someone who I'm going to work with in 2024. Um, but I'm not out there following all these people, getting all that advice because they have all have different lived experiences than me. So there's a handful of people who I trust, who I think 
deliver really great stuff and it feels really in alignment with me and my brand and who I am. And that's who I continue to continue to trust um, and who I take advice from. And I'll tell you, over the years, those people have changed. A couple, you know, a coach that I followed two, three years ago is I've outgrown that advice. So I don't follow that person anymore. Right. So it's okay for that to evolve as well. So that's the first side of it. The second side of it is I want you to focus on rather than seeking advice, like seeking mentorship. And again, it's less about saying, tell me how to do this and more around, tell me your story. I'd love to hear how you did this. I'd love to hear more about like what your day looks like and what skills you use and then be able to make those connections yourself. Okay. Um, next one is upskilling before finding your L&D niche. I have a million episodes on finding your L&D niche. If you've made it this far, you probably know all about it. Um, but what happens is a lot of times we jump into like academies and programs and courses and like upskilling and all of these things before actually getting clear on what it is you want to do next. And what happens is so many people are getting degrees and they're getting certifications or joining academies and they're doing all these things. And let me tell you, all of those are great, right? Like, so there's there's nothing wrong with upskilling yourself, but you want to make sure you're clear on what that next role looks like for you, right? With the right role, the right company, what does it look like to utilize your skills, your interests, your values? What does that intersection look like? And then be able to backwards engineer and say, okay, great. In order to get there, here's the skills I already have. Here's the skills I need to improve on. Great. Now I know what I need to improve on and upskill in. But what happens is a lot of times, again, going back to that first thing of picking just one job title is people will say, okay, I want to be an instructional designer. I need to go to instructional design academy okay i want to be a facilitator i need to take this certification over here oh i want to focus on dei great okay i'm going to take you know this program over here all of those again collectively are great right upskilling is is important we're lnd professionals we love to learn uh, but when you do it before you find your lnd niche what happens is you're essentially invest you're investing in something that you don't know if it's going to have a return on and we can't always guarantee our return on investment but when you're clear on what your lnd niche is you can then perform the skill gap analysis on yourself and it's bringing it back to lnd right so it's like we wouldn't we we wouldn't tell the organization right okay go go train on all these things without knowing it, what the problem was. But that's exactly what you're doing. And you're like, okay, um, I just am going to go into L&D and I'm, I'm going to find a new role. But before I do that, I'm just going to randomly upskill in X, Y, and Z. Uh, and you're not taking the time to be able to do that analysis on yourself, but you can't do the analysis if you're not sure what it is you're shooting for, right? Same thing in L&D. We're always thinking, okay, what's the end result we're looking for here? And how do we now fill that gap? Same thing. If you're not finding out what your end result is, which is your L&D niche, right? That right role, the right company for you, you're probably not upskilling in the best way way possible. And you're probably wasting a lot of time, energy, and money, in all honesty. So keep that in mind. Okay. Next one is applying to as many jobs as you possibly can. I've talked about this at nauseum, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one. And I've seen a lot of people move away from this, in all honesty. Um, I still see a lot of people do it and talk about it. Um, But the more that you apply to as many jobs as you can, A, you're going to burn out, period, end of story. B, you're going to be stuck in the the vicious application cycle, which I talk about often, which is applying for any and every job, then getting tons of rejections. You keep applying, then you're redoing your resume and your LinkedIn 10,000 times and you're applying again, you're keeping any more rejections, right? And you're in this cycle. Um, And so what's happening is the more that you apply to as many jobs as you possibly can that aren't necessarily in alignment with what it is you want to do, you're also, and I'll talk about this in the next in the next part, but you're adding so much work for yourself only to get rejected. So I really want you to think about the you know the rule of averages, the way that it applies. A lot of people look at it backwards and they say, oh, the more jobs I apply to, the more 
uh, the more interview requests I'll get. The reality is the, the rule of averages works this way. Uh, the more jobs that you apply to, the more rejections you're going to get. And I know people will say it just takes one, but it also just takes one, right? So if you are, and I see this with my clients, right? If you're applying to 100 jobs and you're hearing back from one because 99 of them aren't aligned, well, what if you were applying to 20 jobs and heard back from eight because they were actually aligned? Uh, again, when you spray and pray and you do that approach, it's very easy to have the rose-colored glasses on and to not even know what it is you're shooting for. So in 2024, we are not applying to as many jobs as we possibly can. We're applying to aligned roles. And on that same vein, tailoring your resume to every job you apply to. If you are doing that, most there's two things at play here. One, you're taking bad advice. Or two, you are applying to roles that aren't aligned with that niche. So if you have to update your resume, if, if you truly know what your LED niche is, and you've created a resume that's representative of that, you should be spending no more than two to five minutes having to update your resume. Sometimes it has to do more with like a certain verbiage that they're utilizing, or it has to do with um, like a, a quick little, you know, shift to a headline or something. But for the most part, uh, we are not spending hours upon hours tailoring your resume to every job you apply to. So if your resume is not fitting the job you're applying to, the question becomes, A, is this the right job? Or B, is this the, is like, is my resume actually in alignment with what I, what I, what I really want to do? So keep those in mind. Those are ones I will literally die on a hill for. The last, uh, not last one, but the next one is mass DMing as many hiring managers as you can. I do see value in, getting connected with a hiring manager um, and being able to reach out to them. Again, what I will tell you is this, is that a lot of companies have equity policies as well, where even if you do hire them, they cannot respond to you. So I know this sets a lot of people up for um, being upset because they're like, well, I reached out to a hiring manager and never heard back. Uh, well, there's a lot of companies that don't actually allow them to do that because it could be an unfair advantage for them uh, to have a conversation with you outside of the normal parameters. So just know that too, that if you're reaching out and you're not hearing back, I'm not saying that's the only reason, but that could be a reason. And it is a, it is a big reason for many people. Um, and so what happens though is when you're mass DMing them, right? Like again, it kind of goes back to only following recruiters on LinkedIn or focusing only on getting referrals, right? You miss that human element and it's almost, it's very much like give me, give me, give me. And so there's, I, I talk about this in LD Career Club and we talk about this in, 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 we'll talk about this a little bit on, on Thursday even, possibly if we have time, but you know, really getting clear on why am I connecting with this person? What am I messaging this person about? What is the value? Like, again, if we're mass DMing hiring managers, you have to ask yourself, like, what, how am I making this about them? And when you are mass DMing them, most likely you're not. So I don't like that as a strategy. I don't think the you know, spamming of hiring managers makes hiring managers feel good. I have been a hiring manager. I am a hiring manager. I work very closely with hiring managers through my executive coaching and through Good Learning Agency. And I've never met one hiring manager. It's like, yes, I love getting 500 DMs. In fact, I think I talked about this in a previous episode. I was with someone a couple of months ago, a hiring manager, and she posted a role and um, her name got put into the job description and people found her on LinkedIn. And she said she had so many messages that she actually had to shut down her LinkedIn because all she was doing all day long was getting messages. So keep that in mind as well that like 
a lot of people say, that's how you stand out. It's like, really? If she's getting 100 messages, are you really standing out? No, I mean, this woman had to like literally deactivate her LinkedIn because she was just getting bombarded with messages. Um, So I think keeping that in mind, especially I know people like, especially if you're like having to scour the internet to find that person, like that person doesn't really want to be found. (laughs) So also respect, respect that space there too. All right, so the second to last one is not applying to jobs because there's too many applicants. First of all, remember that when you see on uh, LinkedIn the number of applicants that it says, that's never correct. Uh, Really, that's just whoever clicked the apply button. And then on top of that, right, there's like so many other things that that go into that too. So um, just know that that is not a... um, an accurate predictor of how many people apply to it. And what I'll also say too is even if it is, don't let that affect you. I mean, I've had clients recently who applied to ones that say 900 or 1300 or 2000 plus uh, and get get called for those jobs. So I also want you to like, yes, I think what's more important now that I see from a 2024 situation um, is timing, right? If that role has been open for six weeks or eight weeks and has 3,000 people applied for it, um, I still think you should apply for it if it's aligned with your niche and something you want to do and at a company you want to do it for. And at the same time, I would go into it being like, okay, there's they most likely have a pool of candidates they're already working with. Um, but I wouldn't let that stop you. And so again, I've had many people recently who applied to roles that have over a thousand quote unquote applicants and they have not only made it to the final rounds, but some of them have landed those jobs too. So keep that in mind. The last thing is quantity over quality when it comes to LinkedIn connections. Okay. So I will be the first one to tell you, I, so I have now, um, 20,000 plus connections slash followers on LinkedIn. Uh, my job is so much harder now than when I had 5,000 or 10,000. Um, and so I'm not saying you need to have 5,000 or 10,000 either, but the more, the more, the qu- higher the quantity, the more noise there is. And the and I love having you all, by the way. So, you know, stick, stick around. Um, I love seeing what you all are doing. I love interacting with you. But as far as, as far as reaching the right people and as far as seeing the right people on my feed, right? Like it, it has changed a lot of things. And so I really want you to focus on the quality of people that you're interacting with, the quality of connections. I talk about this a lot. I know it's unpopular. It's why I hate Social Saturday because I think it just makes people connect with a shit ton of people that aren't necessarily aligned. Uh, I get, I get it. You never know. In ten years from now, that connection could be the one to you know, give you the job where you're making a billion dollars a year. I totally understand that. However, I feel very confidently about thinking about what are my goals. What do I want? Like, who am I? Who do I want to be? And how do I not surround myself with people who? are aligned with that and who I can learn from, who I can leverage, who I can lean on, right? I talk about the three L's a lot. So getting really clear on that and focusing, it doesn't mean you can't have a lot of connections, but you want to make sure that they are quality connections and quality is so much more important than the number. So I went through that quickly. Those are the 10 things to really focus on saying goodbye to, picking just one job title, focusing only on getting referrals, only following recruiters on LinkedIn, taking advice from any and everyone, upskilling before finding your L&D niche, applying to as many jobs as you possibly can, tailoring your resume to every job you apply to, mass DMing as many many hiring managers as you can, not applying to jobs because there's too many applicants, and quantity over quality when it comes to LinkedIn connections. So here's what I'll say, and we're going to talk about this in the Masterclass Workshop on Thursday. In 2024, it's all about finding your alignment. You're getting really clear on who you want to be, what does it look like in terms of your role, what kind of company do you want to work for, how do you now 
you know, create a resume and a cover letter um, that feels really in alignment with yourself, like those those marketing documents that really feel that they are representative of you uh, and not who you think you should be. Uh, in 2024, it's also all about honing in on your personal brand. And I don't mean having to be a content creator by any means. I've mentioned that before. You don't have to create content in order to find a job. Um, by all means, you absolutely do not. I'm going to repeat that again. But understanding what your personal brand is. Uh, your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And so how do you hone in on that, laser in on it, get clear on what it is, and make sure that that is, is how you're being represented, whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's through a portfolio, whether it's through a website, whether it is through content, honing in on your personal brand. Uh, 2024 is all about creating community. So that's where you're going to see a lot of the connecting with hiring managers and getting referrals and learning a lot more is when you focus more on creating community than what that community is going to do for you. So it's going to be about creating community, being a part of a community, have as much give as you do take. And then lastly, developing professionally and personally. I think that's going to be a huge shift in 2024. I'm seeing it. I already see it with my clients. I've seen it over the last years. I I joke about it, but it's really not funny. I say finding a new L&D role, whether you're trying to get into L&D for the first time or you are already in it and you're ready for your next big role or maybe you've been laid off, right? What I will say is that this this work is 90% mindset, 10% strategy. Um, the strategy actually ends up being the easy part, but the mindset piece is really challenging. And so that personal development, making sure you're focusing on you and who you are at the core, and then also that professional development. What do you need to do to make sure that you have the right skills? So those are the things that we're saying yes to in 2024. We're going to talk all about that on Thursday's masterclass workshops to make sure to come to that. Again, it's a work out loud session. We're going to set your 2024 goals. We'll craft that step-by-step plan to make that a reality. Um, But we're going to really focus on saying goodbye to those things. So I'd love for you to go through that list again. Um, I did a post on this on LinkedIn too, so you can see that list written out. And I really would love for you uh, to think about what are the things you've been leaning into in 2024 and what is it you're going to focus on, I'm sorry, leaning into in 2023 and what you're ready to say goodbye to in 2024. So I will see you all hopefully on Thursday night. Uh, Next week's episode, uh, I think what we're going to do is I'm going to walk you all through all the updates to the L&D Career Club. So if you're interested in hearing that, um, that'll be next week's episode since it'll be right after Christmas. I don't think many of you are just like hopping on to necessarily learn a lot the day after Christmas. Maybe you are, who knows, but uh, I'll keep that episode light, we'll uh, quick, and we'll talk about some of the updates to the LD Career Club. And then we'll see you in the new year, which is so crazy. So looking forward to seeing you all on Thursday. Again, the link is in my LinkedIn profile. It's also in the show notes here, and I will catch you all next week. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the LD Career Club podcast. If today's episode sparked anything inside you, I would love to hear about it. Feel free to share your ahas and takeaways by sending me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram or by leaving a podcast review. And if you want more support on your L&D career journey, I invite you to join us inside the L&D Career Club membership, where we are redefining what it looks like to grow in your L&D career. Visit theovernighttrainer.com slash programs for more information and to activate your membership. See y'all back here next week.